0: Good morning and God bless your hearts. It is a joy to be in the Kenilworth Union Church with you on today and it is a joy to be able to share with you from the word of the Lord. Uh, I want to rush and express my gratitude to your senior minister, uh, the Reverend Dr. Bill Evertsburg, uh, to the associate clergy here Uh, And to all the leaders of this great fellowship, uh, I am grateful to stand in your presence. And to all of you, the people of God, to this wonderful choir uh, that has blessed our hearts today, uh, we greet you and say, praise the Lord. Uh, In the book of Acts, chapter number 27, we will find God's word to us today. I will read from the King James Version And that may read slightly different from the version that you may have in front of you, perhaps the version that is on your phone, uh, but I believe it will cut just as straight uh, nonetheless. Hear the word of the Lord, beginning in Acts chapter 27, the 20th verse. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given you all them that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I Believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Eternal God, we bow our heads before you now in thanksgiving and praise for the opportunity to be in your house. Now for the opportunity to approach your word. Your word, O oh Lord, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Speak now, we pray. Speak clearly, we pray. Give us hearts to receive. Give us ears to hear. Give us the will to do what you say. Through Christ the Lord. Amen. As Dr. Evertsberg mentioned, I will share this morning from the subject, The Purpose Path, uh, because I have discovered that many people are wrestling with questions of purpose and meaning in their lives. Whether you are a millennial trying to launch into a life of meaning, whether you are a Gen Z or Gen Alpha kid who's trying to figure out what this is all for, Perhaps you're a Gen Xer, and you're asking yourself as you approach the middle point, has what I've accomplished really meant anything? Or perhaps is this an opportunity for me to pivot and spend the rest of my years as the best of my years? Or perhaps for a baby boomer or a traditionalist who may be asking the question, as I approach the third third of my life, Is there any life left in my years? I may have been pushed out the side door from my place of employment, or perhaps they're trying to squeeze me out as we speak. But is there something that God can do uniquely in this season of life that doesn't view my maturity as a liability, but instead views it as an asset? These questions of why am I alive and what should I do about it? We've wrestled with these questions as a human family for millennia and certainly these questions have been answered in a number of ways by different people. Some would argue that the reason why we're alive is to be happy. And while the pursuit of happiness does read somewhere in our nation's founding documents, uh, I would argue that the pursuit of happiness as a goal for our lives is limiting. I would even go so far as to say making the pursuit of happiness the chief goal of our lives is unscriptural. I would say perhaps it's ungodly. Because God does not desire for us to just be happy. God promises to give us joy deep down in our souls. And there's an old spiritual that says this joy I have, the world didn't give it. If the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. Joy is a state of being. Happiness is a state of feeling. And if we make the pursuit of happiness the goal of our lives, what we will do is try to construct our lives and our circumstances around the avoidance of pain and the avoidance of adversity. But I have found that purpose in our lives often emerges under adverse conditions. I need to pause right here and talk to somebody who feels like you're in a tight spot in life, like you are a plant trying to grow through the crack in a sidewalk. You are under pressure. You're under stress. And you're wondering, can God be in this? Because I've been fed this feel-good spirituality that if it feels good, God must be in it. But this doesn't feel good. And can God possibly be in it? And the answer is yes, God can be in it. Don't run from the situation in which you find yourself. The very adversity you might want to run from may be the proving ground that God has prepared to produce in you a power and resilience that would not otherwise be available to you. Paul put it like this. He said, tribulation works patience, endurance, And endurance works experience. In other words, I've got a track record now of what God is able to do because of what I've endured. And that track record, that experience, that life school of hard knocks resume I've built out with God gives me a hope that can't be shaken. It's a hope that anchors the soul. God wants to use your adversity. And perhaps your purpose is not just on the other side of that adversity, but your purpose is in how you go through the adversity you face. We see this in the text that I read for us this morning in the book of Acts, chapter number 27. We find in this text a man named Paul, Paul the apostle, is on a ship, a ship that ostensibly is supposed to be taking him closer to his purpose. For those of you all who are the Sunday school crowd at the 1030 service, you might recall way back in Acts chapter 23 that God told Paul, you have to go to Rome. You're going to get there. You have to testify of me. You have a work to do in Rome. You will make it. Fast forward back to Acts 27. Now, Paul finds himself on this ship as a prisoner on his way in a storm that would rival any storm you've ever seen. This was not your passing, partly cloudy with thunder showers kind of storm. This was not the Snowmageddon that we had just a few years ago that came and went in a few days' time. This storm is a nor'easter. This is a storm that in the Greek is rendered the Eurachlodon. This is a storm that caused it to be dark by day and by night, not for one or two or three days, but for several. And we see here in verse number 20 that when the sun and stars had not appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on them, all hope that they would be saved was then taken away. But after not eating because they were so broken up about the circumstances in which they found themselves, Paul stood up in the midst of a hopeless and desperate situation and said, to be colloquial, y'all should have listened to me. Now, for those of us who like to tell our spouses or children or co-workers I told you so. Now you can blame it on the Apostle Paul. He says, y'all should have listened to me. I told you all this storm was going to be too much. We should never have left the port. But because I'm just a prisoner, you all didn't want to listen. And now look, look, we're in a bad spot. I want to talk to someone who may feel like a prisoner, not so much because you have your freedom taken away but because you are in a lower status, lower power situation in the context in which you find yourself, but recognize God is no respecter of persons and will use you whether you are a prince or a pauper. God is not concerned with the titles that we pin so much of our hope and attention on. God can use whomever God pleases, whenever God pleases, however God pleases. And Paul stands up and says, You should have listened to me, but since you didn't, be of good cheer. This seems quite jarring. You would expect Paul to say, because you didn't listen to me, all hope is lost. You didn't listen to me, you should have listened in the first place. But he says, yeah, you didn't listen to me, but there's still a word for us in our situation. And I need to pause here and talk to someone who feels like you are in a situation for which there is no remedy. A storm in which God appears to be absent, a situation where you are wondering whether or not you will survive. Paul says to us, as he said to those men, I exhort you to be of good cheer because there will not be the loss of anyone's life, but we will lose the ship. This is disturbing news. How is it that you want me to be of good cheer? When we're going to lose the ship, when I'm going to lose what I thought I needed to get from point A to point B? How can you tell me to be of good cheer when I have lost my job, when my home has been foreclosed upon, when my child is incarcerated? What is it that exactly I'm supposed to be cheerful about when my marriage is on the rocks? How can I be of good cheer when my ship is breaking in front of me and you're telling me that God said that the ship is going to be lost. I thought God wanted my ship to survive. But Paul is saying to us, and the Lord is saying to us this morning, that when the ships of our lives are lost, it's to prove to us that what we thought we needed, we didn't really need, and all we really needed all along was God. And when you lose everything, and you still have the Lord on your side, you've got more than enough to start over again. Paul says in verse 23, there is good news in the middle of this storm because God showed up in the middle of this storm. God showed up just to let me know that you're not in this alone. God showed up in the middle of the storm even though the road is not easy to let me know I'm not alone. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. To let me know that He'll be a very present help in trouble. Now, I want to talk to somebody who feels like you're in a storm all by yourself. I'm reminded of the words of an old hymn that said, Be not dismayed, whatever betide. God will take care of you. Beneath His wings of love, Abide, God will take care of you. But Paul takes it a step further. The the conversation he had with the angel didn't just stop at comfort. God didn't just give him comfort to stay in his situation. God gave him clarity about his purpose. We see here in verse 24, the angel said, Fear not, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. In other words, you're going to make it to Rome, even though it doesn't look like it. Don't walk by what you see. Walk by what God told you. I read somewhere we walk by faith and not by sight. He says, you're going to make it. You have to make it. You're on a purpose path. And I'm sustaining you not just so you can be alive and have a wonderful testimony. I'm sustaining you because I've got an investment in you, Paul. I've put my word in you. I have shown myself to you, Paul. I didn't reveal myself to you so you could have spiritual brownie points. I revealed myself to you so you could roll up your sleeves and do a work for me. You're on a purpose path. This storm you're in is part of it. So the word I'm giving you in your storm is not to pacify you. It's to propel you forward. To tell you that you can make it, that you will make it, that you must make it. Because he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What God has started in you, he will complete. Good news here is that Paul was on the ship. And if you're one of these 276 poor souls, you're glad that Paul is on the ship. We all need a Paul in our lives who can articulate the word of God to us clearly and distinctly in moments of crisis. But let me push you a little bit and let you know that sometimes God is calling you to be Paul. God is calling you to open your mouth and speak what God is saying into a difficult situation. Perhaps God has positioned you on your job, in your workplace, so that the light of Christ can shine through you. Perhaps God has positioned you on your block, so that your neighbor, as they go through difficulty in their house, can rely on you, not just to bring them cookies and bread, but to pray for them you have been divinely appointed to be a messenger of good news. But this good news is hard because we see here that their ship is going to break up. But Paul says, I know that the news might not feel good, but I promise you it's going to work for your good because I believe God. He says this in verse number 25. Be of good cheer, Because I believe God, it will be just as it was told to me. In other words, even if we shipwreck, God's word did not go bad. God's word does not have an expiration date like the 2% milk in the back of your fridge. There is no best by date. There is no expiration date. There is no throw it away after this date. God's word is eternal. If God spoke it, it will come to pass. You can take it to the bank. God's word is not a set of alternative facts. God's word is not fake news. God's word is eternal. And he says to us, take courage. I have no choice but to believe God because God Watches over his word to perform it. God micromanages his word to make sure that not one single piece of his promise will go unfulfilled. You may be wondering whether it's too late for God to come through for you. God promised you some things, God gave you visions and dreams, and you're wondering whether it's too late. Whether God is out of moves on the chessboard, it appears that God is in check. But I promise you, the king has one more move. Don't worry, God will come through. But it may not be like you think. Verse 26, we see that Paul tells them we have to run aground. We have to be cast on a certain island. This isn't going to end pretty. This is not your pop psychology, feel-good kind of spirituality. This is a spirituality that is hewn out of the rough side of the mountain. But if you're willing to hold on, I promise you, we will get there. It won't be like you thought because our purposes rarely unfold in linear ways that match our expectations and our desires. But Paul helps us understand here this morning that we'll make it. We'll get there. And in verse 43 and verse number 44 of the text, as I prepare to take my seat, we find that they get there after having jumped overboard. Some of them had the strength to swim, and they made it to the shore. But there were some who couldn't swim. The swimmers have no problem. I can make it on my own. No problem. I don't really need God. I've got my own strength. God is an optional accessory for me. I'm fine either way. But then there are some of us who can be honest enough to admit that we're not that strong in the sea. That the sea can get cold enough and tempestuous enough that our swimming skills can't carry us from point A to point B. And for those of us who are in that latter category with this preacher, there's good news for us too. That even though the ship is broken up, it is the very broken piece of the ship that we have within our reach that will carry us where we're going. It's in the text in Acts 27 and 44. The Bible says, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship, but they all escaped safe to land. You might be on a broken piece right now. Your marriage may feel like a broken piece. Your job situation may feel like a broken piece. Your financial situation, your spiritual situation, your mental health situation may feel like a shattered piece. But for your ashes, God will give you beauty. He'll give you a broken piece that says weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. He'll give you a broken piece to let you know you can make it. It says those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not get weary. They'll walk and not faint. God will give you a broken piece that says Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. He'll give you a broken piece that says, and we know that all things work together for the good of them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. God, how grateful we are for the broken pieces that you provide Because we recognize that you've been in the ship with us all along. I thank you for sending this word to remind us that no matter how dark the sea, no matter how stormy the situation, no matter how challenging the season, when all else fails, we have a hope in you that serves as a sure and certain anchor of the soul and when nothing else is able to help and when we fail ourselves and our friends and our support systems and our 401ks and our other sources of self-reliance fail us, you help us to know that it is indeed on Christ the solid rock we stand and all other ground. Is sinking sand. Through Christ the Lord. Amen.